I'm the one who always wears the headphones in this in this situation. So uh-huh. I think I will okay. have okay. better precedent over okay. this. I think than we're you a little do. loud. I think we should. Oh, also, we're we recording right now. Yeah, I know. All right. Welcome to another episode of <laughs> Track and Field. And for some reason, just like the Super League, uh, we just keep coming back. We do, but you didn't tell me that we were recording. You caught me off guard. I think it's a little more natural that way. Anyways, hello, hello. We're we're, we're innovating every new episode. Yep. We, Always coming at it from a different angle. Yes. We have a lot to discuss on both ends, so I think we should just get straight into it. You know, skip past a lot of those things, but I guess we should still do inter- introductions. What do you think? Sure. Why not? We're very organized. I'm Patrick. I'm Alex. And yeah, this is episode six. So let's start with track. Uh, We got more news. We got more liveries. First of all, we are two weeks away from winter Bahrain testing or winter testing in Bahrain, uh, rather. Mm -hmm. So in two weeks, we can finally see cars on the track. And I'm very excited to see that because finally I can watch these cool multi-hundred million dollar machines that I will never get to experience (laughs) in person go around a track at high speeds. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds kind of, I don't know, dystopian or... Dystopian, really. That's Maybe that's a strong word. I would say that. It sounds pretty dumb when uh, you dumb it down to that. Well, yeah, I mean, soccer is just kicking a ball into a net. So, I mean, like, if you you simplify anything to that extent, it's going to sound trivial. All sports is is just a bunch of usually men going up against each other in physical activity, you know? Yeah. Think about it. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Yeah, so since we last talked, three teams have revealed their uh, liveries, Mm -hmm. that being Alfa Romeo, which I think, okay, we dragged on Alfa a lot for their stake sponsorship, but unfortunately... We didn't think about how nice their car would look because this livery is very beautiful. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this last episode, but the whole um, black, red, and white combination is oh, it just looks so great. And like the proportions of each, you know, segment of color uh, on the Alfa Romeo has it looks really nice. Yeah, it's kind of like they went dark mode. <laughs> because <laughs> last year they, they kind of had like a very similar thing so they replaced a lot with black instead mm-hmm. uh, they went dark mode because they got a really bad sponsorship that's what I'm going to believe the <laughs> same thing also applies to their uh, to their racing suits because they used to have like primarily white with like red highlights now it's black with red so take that as you will um, yeah I, I think the car is beautiful I hope I, I hope and pray that they are as bad as they were last year so that way we won't have to see it on TV broadcast because oh of God. that god awful stake sponsorship I'm really interested to see what this car is going to look like though in countries where they can't show stake or kick as their main sponsor yeah didn't you say that they had like a alternate option for those countries yeah so in in normal in normal racing they'll use their current livery in Areas where gambling is illegal, they'll use the stakes. They'll use kick, which is a pretty much a subsidiary by stake. Mm-hmm. And then in countries where all of that is not allowed, they'll there's just Alfa Romeo. So I wonder if it's just going to be like an empty spot. I wonder how that will look. I'm not sure. That would be my guess, though. Maybe. Moving on, uh, everyone's favorite tenth place team, Williams, also released their livery. And personally, I'm a lot happier with this one than they had last year. I think it's a lot more, it looks aerodynamic with mm-hmm. the swooping lines and such. I just think it looks nicer overall. I think also, uh, just to like say this before we get way too into all these liveries here and like now, or here and now, here in the future, 
the, really the best look you'll get at these cars is during winter testing when they're under track lighting and not under like colored lighting or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's best to take all these first impressions with a grain of salt. I, I think we should do a, a tier list of how they look when we get into winter testing and we can actually see how they'll look like on the track. Okay. Because the the photo shoot they did for the new Williams car, it's very blue. So Yeah, and you know, like you said, that might affect like how we see the colors. And so yeah, just yeah. waiting until we see the winter testing would be the best idea. Yeah, I do still find it funny that their Duracell branding still looks like a battery on top. Yeah. I love that for some reason. It's very creative. Yes. I think, okay, this car, I like it a lot more than last than last year's. It's very similar. I'm glad they found kind of a consistent thing to keep with, but it is what it is. You know, we're not going to see much of it unless for some reason they're... American driver, Logan Sargent, I believe, is the driver, I believe. Uh, The first American driver, and I believe over a decade, something like that, eight years. Oh, wow. It's been a while since we've had an American driver. But, yeah, hopefully he can bring Williams to the top or at least to the midfield. Uh, While we're on the topic of not Williams, but... Okay, Williams. Okay, I I have a smooth transition, I swear. I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, Williams announced a new primary sponsor, Golf, which mm-hmm. is, you know, they made that beautiful Golf McLaren that we saw at Monaco a few years ago. So in case this wasn't already obvious, Golf ended their partnership with McLaren. Okay. And this is how I'm going to transition to the McLaren news. Supposedly, it's rumored that in 2026, I believe 2026, because that's mm-hmm. when the new regulations come out. That's when you expect all these things to happen. Uh McLaren will be partnering with Honda to be part of their automotive, I guess, I don't know what the term is, provider, their engine helper, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Because I believe right now they buy their engines from Mercedes. So Mm -hmm. this could be a big transition for them to go buy from Honda, which currently supplies or is aiding with the supply of the Red Bull powertrain, the thing that AlphaTauri and Red Bull both use for their cars. Okay. So that's pretty big. Uh, obviously, it's still rumored. Nothing is set in stone. It could all crash and burn like the supposed Red Bull Porsche deal that was supposed to happen <laughs> earlier this year, but came down, came crashing down after Porsche was too stuck up to make concessions. But because that failed, you know what we did get that was officially announced? What did we get? Red Bull announced that they are partnering with Ford in 2026. That's pretty significant. Yeah, they're... Re- Ford, in their words, is returning to the pinnacle of the sport, meaning motorsport, mm-hmm. in partnership with Red Bull. And I think this will be really interesting. Hopefully, hopefully this means we can get a new livery because guess what? They also released their livery, Red Bull, and it looks the same as it has for several years. They have had one unique livery in the past couple of years, and it was a one-off. Dang. I mean, it's not that it looks bad. I'm going to pull it up right here. Mm-hmm. It's not that it looks bad at all. It's just do something different. I know they say if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but come on, man. Yeah, I guess like the whole lack of creativity when it comes to Red Bull just kind of symbolizes Facts. a much bigger thing that I guess is might be a problem <laughs> in F1 of just like how it seems so so artificial. So fake. So I wasn't expecting you to take this position. If I'm being honest, 
Really? Yeah. What I was going to say was it's not uncommon to have consistent livery, like a a theme to go with. Like Ferrari has always had red. Mm-hmm. But like this year they were a little different. They, ha- they went for more of a crimson and they had a 75th anniversary branding at the fin of their car. And, and Mercedes usually goes with like a silver with a with a Patronus teal kind of highlight, although a couple of years ago they used a black livery instead. Mm-hmm. But it's not uncommon to have at least somewhat of a theme. But Red Bulls pretty much use the exact same livery for several years now. You know, a very very dark and desaturated navy blue yeah. with the big Red Bull logos. It is what it is. I'm not a designer. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I won't pretend to be. But personally, I would. I wish they would do something different. I wish they'd incorporate some more, like a lighter blue, or just maybe leave F one, low key. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna get into that. But yeah, that's about all the F one news. We have a lot to get into on the soccer side. But before we transition, I do just want to say, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Shit, it's all good. But yeah, overall, I think if I had to rank the car liveries that have been revealed, I think Alfa Romeo is my number one favorite, followed by Williams, Haas, and then Red Bull. Not at all biased. <laughs> what about you? Um, let's see. I don't know. I kind of liked the uh, the Alpha uh, liveries so far, just because like I'm a sucker for like red and black combinations, especially when like the proportions are. Are well done, like it was with the Alpha one. So I think that might be my first one, and then the Williams one for being such a um, bold color. They did really well. Yeah. Um, because it's not all just like it's not monochromatic. They're like slightly different shades of like the electric blue that they're using, and they've actually paired it really well. Um. And so I think that's going to be my second favorite out of these three. Yeah, the swoops really help that help it look faster as well. Exactly. Um, and then you know the Red Bull one is Red Bull. It is. It's basically uninspired, unimaginative, and everything that Red Bull stands for. Yeah, pretty much. We're none of us are biased, by the way. No, we're not biased. It, oh, I can I I'm unbiased because I have like no skin in this game at all. But you have skin in against Red Bull's other soccer teams. That's true. Yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't care about their F1 team. I do care, and it's also the reason why I don't drink Red Bull. Moving on, and I'm not (laughs) kidding about that either. That is genuinely why I don't drink Red Bull. It's not because I don't like energy drinks or anything. I mean, I already don't drink energy drinks. Yeah. I only had it once, and that's because it was free. All right, transitioning over to field, a lot of news broke. Yeah. And by a lot, I mean a lot, so much that we actually can't get to all of it. Like, I wanted to talk about the Lala's incident that happened, but I think it would just be upsetting to talk about. It would be. So we're not going to touch on that. Instead, we're going to touch on another upsetting topic. What we mentioned earlier, the resurrection of things that should have stayed dead, uh, even though it never really died fully, the Super League. Can you walk us through what the Super League was originally? Just so we're all up to date. Okay, so originally back in like 2021 time frame, uh, uh, some of the biggest clubs in international soccer uh, came together and decided to form what they called the Super League. And um, this was basically like the traditional top six clubs in England, Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, uh, 
Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal. Or wait, that's only five. I'm forgetting Chelsea. Chelsea. Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the traditional top six cl- six clubs in England, um, the three most successful clubs in Spain: Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. Um, then PSG were in there as well, correct? I believe so. And yeah. I think Mar- Marseille, maybe. I don't think Marseille was. I don't, um, I don't care. Yeah. But uh, as, And then also a couple of teams from Italy, including both Milan clubs. Juventus. And Juventus. And um, so basically they came together and had or proposed the idea that they would separate from the traditional UEFA competitions like the Champions League and Europa League uh, in order to create their own competition, which would basically guarantee them uh, qualification every year. Uh, they they had like no chance of getting knocked out uh, year or no chance of not playing in it every year. They were always going to be able to play in it. Um, and of course, a lot of uh, fans were really upset by that. Yes, because yeah, and upset massive. is like a bit of an understatement. Is, I there's few times on Twitter that you see an entire platform come together to just shit on something. Yeah, this. It was, I think the Twitter servers crashed like at least twice when mm-hmm. the news was breaking out and everything. People were not up happy. People were not happy and not having it. And it's obvious to see why it really, because they, I believe they had a few spots open for like a promotion relegation mm-hmm. system yeah, for the non-partner clubs. But really, from what I gathered, and this was really before I followed the sport, it went against the the spirit of the sport in which anyone could qualify for anything, you know, homegrown, whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of just like a sign of how the game has changed. Yeah, ex- precisely. Um, because you see all of the big clubs with all their money, um, whether that be like official money or fake money, which we'll get into later. Um, <laughs> um, they're kind of just like taking over. Um, and so for them to feel like they have this, um, this, right rather than a privilege to qualify for the most prestigious competition in Europe. It just shows how the audacity that they have. Yeah. And I mean, some could say, yes, they are the most popular clubs in the world and Mm -hmm. no one would like bat an eye at that statement. But the issue is just that it, yeah, it's big money that's coming in and controlling the game rather than what people's, what made this sport so popular in the force first place from from what I've gathered I'm talking yeah. like I follow the sport my whole life and it's <laughs> it may had a big cultural impact on me but I mean which it has Loki mm-hmm. like it has made an impact on me and how I view sports and kind of helped me understand why I'm so passionate about what I am mm-hmm. but yeah it's just it was a really bad idea and it yeah. was really badly poorly executed and it, it failed initially. Yep. All six clubs pulled out. All six Premier League clubs pulled out. Yeah. I believe both Milans. Mm-hmm. I and I think all three uh, Spanish clubs as well. I could no. be wrong. Which one didn't? Was it Real Madrid or Barcelona? That well, stirred? Florentino Perez, who is the president of Real Madrid, um, he was the one who proposed the idea of the Super League initially. And Florentino Perez ha- is a very notorious character in in the sport because um, he's the one 
who basically brought in all of what is known as uh, the Galacticos into Real Madrid, who was like one of the, they're basically like star-studded, um, uh, very successful time for them in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, a lot of rival fans don't like him. A lot of like foreign fans don't like him because of all the money that he injected into the club. Um, and now, basically, he's almost universally hated by anyone who is not a Real uh, Madrid supporter because of his proposition of the Super League, which Real Madrid never formally... Um, Pulled out of. Yeah, they never formally withdrew from. And neither did Juventus, if I recall correctly. Yep. And I, I don't remember about PSG. I, don't, I think they pulled out, though. Yeah. I think... But, yeah, both Real Madrid and Juventus did not pull out of the agreement. They never formally or announced it or whatever yeah i I know both milans did which ac milan did one good thing in their existence (laughs) good good job them but yeah it's just the severe severe backlash they received and they just decided you know perhaps no no no. this is i'm talking as if they are not businesses uh but yeah it i it's optimistic they say to say that they pulled out because of fan backlash. I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes because uh, these are businesses. I mean, maybe. I maybe. mean, like I think there's a lot of pressure from UEFA on the clubs, but yeah, the whole thing just didn't work out, and everyone thought, okay, good, it's dead, but it, it was never officially pronounced as dead. Nope. And now, was it today? Uh, or this morning? Yeah, this morning, yesterday. Which is uh, Thursday, February 9th. Yeah. Um, So the European Super... This is a post by Bleacher Report Football. Um, The European Super League has announced a new proposal to replace the Champions League. Whoa, why? See, I didn't get to read this. uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. So the proposition states that there will be 60, 60 to 80 different teams competing in this new Super League competition. <laughs> yeah. There will be multiple dis- uh, divisions. So, you know, there will be promotion and relegation. Um, you know, uh, teams that do well in the second division will get promoted into the first division. Teams that do bad in the first division will get relegated into the second division for the uh, following season. Um, there will be no permanent members. Um, surely, surely. Yeah. Uh, and there will be a minimum of 14 games per club Uh, per season. (laughs) They're insane. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if, if they're completely replacing the Champions League, then, I mean... Half of all Champions League teams only play six games, which are in the group stage. Yeah. So that those six games are already a heavy, heavy uh, burden that they have to play. Because this is not a game that you play like thousands or hundreds of games in a season like baseball or even hockey for that matter. Yeah. Because these players are playing out there for like, what, 90 minutes at a time sometimes? Yeah. I mean, 90 plus minutes. So... Usually up to like 95, somewhere between 95 and 100 minutes. In a sport that you have no protection on. So it is, you know, the meme, haha, divers, you know, they play up their injuries. But it is, it is statistically easy to get injured in this sport. Absolutely. How physical it can get. And uh, not only just like knocks 
from like clattering into other players, but the muscular injuries that you can get from the endurance or from the overworking that you have to yeah. do by running for this entire time. Um, it's serious. And so, you know, you can easily like pull muscles. Um, and to do that for, if you're like a, a regular first team player for around 40 to 50 times every season is already crazy. And that's not including international games, international tournaments, um so it, or it's even just club football yeah like in there this makes me think based on how just huge this is they they really aren't just replacing the champions league they're trying to replace pretty much the regional leagues as well based on okay i know that's probably a far-reaching guess well, i wouldn't say it's that like, far you said how many 60 teams 60 to 80 60 to 80 teams how many clubs make up the top four leagues off the top of your head do you know uh so there's 20 teams each in the premier league serie a league one and la liga so that's 80 already yeah and then the bundesliga has 18 teams in it yeah so and it's okay i'm i'm gonna hit on the french for a bit obviously you wouldn't have all 20 french teams there but you would probably have a lot more german teams Potentially. I mean, I know you're a little biased and you kind of hit me with your bias. I don't know, actually, because mm. I feel like um, the Bundesliga and Ligue 1 oftentimes get lumped into the same conversation because of how dominant the top end is compared to the bottom. Uh, okay. And by the top end, I mean PSG and Bayern <laughs> Munich. <laughs> um, so I would honestly expect to see... If I'm going from like most teams to least teams per league, I would out of the just the top five leagues, I would probably go Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, and then Bundesliga Liga. I could go either way on. Yeah, but basically, what, what the point I was trying to make was that's almost the top four European leagues. Yeah, that's the amount of teams that they hold uh, up to, as they stated. Yeah, which. This whole thing sounds insane, and I meant I had a little chirp earlier when I said, "Surely there's going to be no permanent teams." If there is like a promotion relegation system, there's no way the big clubs that originally were part of the original Super League, there's no way that they get relegated. Yeah, I mean, but that's already true in the league format that already yeah. exists. There's too many, you know, feeder clubs for yeah. that realistically to happen. And I'm not saying that to like discount the smaller clubs. I'm just being realistic here, I think. I I don't know how else to say that. There's also another issue I just thought of, travel. Mm -hmm. If they're playing at least 14 games and this isn't just regional either because you're probably going to be playing teams in Spain, like if you're a Premier League team, right? Mm -hmm. And you get put into a group with like like a Spanish team, an Italian team, a German team, maybe even if they branch out there, like a Dutch team. Yeah. You know, you're traveling so much, which, which, okay, this is like an overarching issue, environmental problems. Yeah. You have travel problems. Players want to play at home. There's so many issues with this. I pray that they don't have any money to support this. But they definitely do. They definitely do. They 100% do, especially since, you know, they ha still have the support of Juventus and Real Madrid. Yeah. They, they, 
I think this is possibly even worse than the original. I think so as well, because I feel like the first proposal was never meant to succeed. It was only meant to see how people would react to it. It's a publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah. But they were always going to workshop it in the end. And so I feel like now at this point, after like two years, they've had that time to workshop it. And now they're really, you know, making it seem not as bad. But in actuality, when you get down to the logistics, it is, I think. And, okay, I don't know how I feel about one major, you know, competition having Mm -hmm. everything. Obviously, there's some discussion I have about that. But then again, you look at any major sport, especially in the U.S., there's usually one major competitor. Yeah. I could see the wanting to have another major league c- competing with UEFA. But, like, I don't think this is the way you go about it. I I don't know. I, um, I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of leaves a poor taste in your mouth, especially considering all of the stuff that happened uh, in 2021 after the initial proposal and so to just like see it rear its ugly head again is just disgusting and like imagine this with a world cup season yeah that's insane like there's already discussions about how many games from your league teams are playing one due to the world cup be due to a world event that was out of their control Mm -hmm. admittedly but they're still they're playing an abnormal amount of games this season right no, at least they, per week. They play the same amount of games. It's just that the the congestion yeah. is okay. ridiculous. Yeah. And like even in normal years, uh co- like when the World Cup is not held in the winter, um they the fixture congestion in December, January time frame is absolutely ridiculous because you'll have like uh big clubs that are in like all the competitions, so like uh, EFL Cup, Premier League, FA Cup, and Champions League teams that are in those uh, competitions will consistently have like games on Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, or um, yeah, uh, about that games on weekends and midweek, like pretty much every week for the span of about a month and a half. Yeah. And so there are times where, like, I think it was Liverpool or something played, like, seven games in a month. Yeah. I think from a viewing experience, you like it. But when you think about the players and the management and all that, you realize this is not a good thing. Yeah. It absolutely is not. It increases the likelihood of injury, um, overall fatigue. Travel. Yeah. Which uh, then, like, decrease the quality of the games played. And so you just think more does not equal better. And especially more in such a short amount of time. Yeah. So I have an idea for a smart transition if you're ready for that. Okay. So overall, Super League bad. Yes. This new Super League even worse. Yes. We can hope that this won't happen, but honestly, it's not up to us. It's really up to the clubs to see if they really want to go through with this. Yeah. And so we can hope to be optimistic, but we never know. But when we talk about more is not necessarily better, let's talk about the over 100 financial allegations that are up against Manchester City right now. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, news broke like midweek or something about that. And 
uh, my jaw was just on the floor. Yeah. I could not believe it. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not surprised that they violated financial rules because that was clearly obvious considering yes. how much money they spent. Yes. And I think that applies to all big clubs, not yes. just Manchester City. Oh, 100%. Um, I was just surprised by the amount of uh, allegations that were put up against them, which was over 100. That's insane. Yes. And all from just from the Premier League, right? Uh, or did the UCL also have some? Well, it was, I think, well, the way that I had it explained to me is that uh, UEFA had already opened an investigation on Manchester City on their spending habits. It was going for habits. several years, right? Yeah, it was going for a couple years, but then um, eventually the evidence became out of date. It was like too long ago, so they couldn't investigate it anymore which is already kind of strange yeah because manchester city kept refusing to comply yeah exactly they refused to comply during the investigation to like delay it and eventually like call off the investigation basically and then so the uefa dropped their uh investigation and all the allegations that they had but then apparently for the past like four years or so the premier league has been uh, conducting an investigation on Manchester City. And now just recently they've come out with the um, 100 plus allegations against them for, I think, like just mismanaging funds or like, oh, <laughs> I think um, though another way that I had explained it to me is that since uh, Manchester City have all of that um, Saudi money, mm -hmm. um, what they would do is that the owners from Saudi Arabia would influence uh, companies to sponsor Manchester City no. with money from the owners. No so the way. owners gave money to the oh. companies, and then the companies gave that money to Manchester City <laughs> in the terms of sponsorships. And so the companies basically got free publicity because they were using other people's money to advertise. Bruh. And... Um, but that's of course just allegations and hear, uh, hearsay, but that's what I've heard as the way that it was explained to me. Yeah, uh, this is okay. I can only imagine the scenes at Old Trafford right now. I think that must mm. they must be having like a huge party. One, the Glazers yeah. are looking to sell them, yep. and now they're like big, biggest rivals that already have a bad history just got tarnished even more. Okay, we have to say this. Manchester City is a huge club, right? They well, are, now they are. Now they are. But they have a lot of fans now. They are very popular. And so if they were to do anything too sanctiony, they would lose out on a lot of money. Mm -hmm. A. B, they have like the Avengers of of lawyers. Yeah, of it's, course. Like like we mentioned earlier, they there was an investigation ongoing for several years from UEFA mm -hmm. that essentially got canceled out because they just refused to comply. Yeah. So they also have that. The reason why I say this, there's a broad array of like punishments Manchester city could face. Yeah. Everything from just a little bit of like a bad dog, you know, kind of down talking to essentially yeah. like a slap on the wrist to relegation. Yeah. And so, point seductions. So yeah, the punishments that they, could possibly get range a lot like you said um i've heard like people mentioning that they could be like fined a certain amount of money and like that amount has not been disclosed yet so that could be anywhere from like peanuts to them or like big big like 
influence. So like more than small clubs make in five years. Exactly. Um, and then, like you said, also relegation and points deductions, which if the points deduction were to happen... Oh, wait. Also, another thing um, is that they could possibly be stripped of previous Premier yeah, League titles. I meant to, I meant to uh, press on that. I believe... Who were the clubs that possibly lost titles due to this? It was Liverpool and... and Manchester United. And Man... Oh, yep. shit! Each... Both Liverpool and Manchester United would uh, receive three additional Premier League titles. Oh my if, god! If Manchester City are stripped of their uh, stripped of their league wins, that is insane. How do you piss off both of the biggest red clubs in the world? Well, the biggest, the two biggest clubs in England. Yeah, that's all. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So you must be praying on their downfall right now. Uh, yes. I am. <laughs> and because, like, if they get stripped of their Premier League titles, then that benefits, like, uh, Liverpool. But also, if they get relegated, then there's going to be a mass exodus out of that club. And it's going to be crazy how many people leave. The, and that huge multi-billion dollar stadium that they had? Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't want to see the scenes there. Yeah. And then uh, also, like, you know, Premier League TV sponsorship deals. That money's out of the window which is like a huge amount of money, especially to someone like Manchester City, yes. who always have like nationally broadcasted games. Um, and then also, to add on to all of this, uh, Pep Guardiola uh, discussed this. Yeah, the manager of Manchester City discussed this topic before. And he said, um, basically, I'm paraphrasing completely. He said, um, the executives at Manchester City told me something, and I believe them. But if they are lying to me, then I will not only leave, oh. but I will also air out all the dirty laundry that I have against them. What? What is he cooking? Yeah. Oh, my God. So Manchester City are going to do everything in their power, which is a lot of power that yes. they have. Like to, we said, Avengers. Yes. To prevent this, uh, for, to prevent these allegations to, from becoming actual charges. I, this is crazy. Yeah, the more you look into it, the crazier it gets. Absolutely. And I mean, and realistically, like I mentioned earlier, probably nothing huge is going to come out of it. Yeah. But Arsenal. But simultaneously, the three biggest red clubs in London—you know, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man United—all bring on their downfall. Yeah. Arsenal because it pretty much gave them the title, essentially. Yeah. Unless uh, they, unless they did an Arsenal and like choke it out. I mean, Newcastle would be the closest ones to them in the league, and I don't think Newcastle are going to win the league. Absolutely so. not. We may actually have to face a possibility where either Tottenham or Arsenal will win the league. I'd much rather have it be Arsenal. I'd rather it be none of them. Yeah, I mean, but someone's got to win it. Yeah, but we have that, and then we have, as the aforementioned, Liverpool and Manchester United. United because, A, Manchester. They yeah. want They want to be the club of the... Of the city after, I would say, arguably having one of the shittiest starts to a season possible. Uh, yeah. And just overall, I think, okay, I could be wrong here, but the second team in the city, I would say, city's been kicking their ass, no? Lately? I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I don't I know. Say... I'm uneducated, so I'm probably pissing off half of Man Manchester right now. Yeah, but I mean, they probably aren't listening to this, so... I've, as they shouldn't. <laughs> Who listened to two Americans? Is one of them not even 
well versed in the sport, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that overall, Manchester United are undoubtedly the biggest club in Manchester. And I would say probably one of the biggest clubs in the world. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if not the biggest. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe for like the past five years, maybe a little bit more. Or actually, ever since Sir Alex Ferguson left uh, as manager. Uh, Manchester United has kind of been in downfall, um, whereas I think Manchester City kind of became the uh, the better club, not yeah. necessarily the bigger club. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. And now that Manchester United is back, I think that still cements them as the bigger club, but like I said, not necessarily the better one. They got to win some silverware before they can do anything. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, overall, this is just insane stuff. We'll have updates as it comes around. Yep. And yeah, moving on, we have a quick side thing. Uh, our friend down in uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yep. He uh he he broke a little mile, milestone. You know he yeah it's just a small one. Yeah. So not only did he score four goals in one game uh today insane uh for his new club Al Nasser, um but. In the process, he also scored his 500th league goal, which, which is a crazy accomplishment. Yes, and I think regardless of how you feel about him, again, you have to admit that's it's crazy. Yeah, and you love I'm, to see it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I bet a lot of people feel the same way about like uh, LeBron becoming the NBA's all-time yeah, leading scorer. Yeah, but I mean, like. For someone that a lot of people don't like, but still respect. Yeah, you can't not respect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, be, at least based on statistics. Yeah. I mean, and for what they've done for the game. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We got some news. We're going to move over to a, a look past into our favorite teams. Uh, we're going to elect not to talk about Chelsea because we're about to in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing really notable to talk about. They drew, which was a really good sign for things to come for the club with their Huge ass spending. Mudrik looked terrible in that uh, game. Well, let's not discuss that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> down in Italy, the Milan Derby came out, uh, came on with the uh, AC Milan kind of limping. I, I wasn't aware of how terrible this New Year has been for them. It's, it's been, been really terrible. Bad. It's been really awful. Bad. And meanwhile, Inter is on the up and up. I think they're being underrated by a lot of people right now. Then again, I'm also biased as hell. Uh, Lautaro. Martinez, mm-hmm. I said his name right. Yeah. Thank God, <laughs> he scored his seventh goal against AC Milan in all competitions this year. And no, I think it was just seventh goal in all competitions, mm. not necessarily against AC Milan. Regardless, it? it felt good because it was against AC Milan yeah, for me true. as an Inter fan, and they won the Milan Derby and honestly re-cemented themselves in the title race. Obviously, it's still they have a long way to go. Napoli is still Napoli. Yeah, Napoli's kind of running away with it. Unless they pull an Arsenal, I think they pretty much got the Scudetto locked and loaded. But there's they it's not completely gone just yet. I'm I am coping, but you know. Yeah. This Derby one was very good, and I think it'll be very pivotal for both Milan clubs moving forward. Yeah, because uh AC definitely need to uh need pick to things changes. up. Yes. Uh, you know. It's been very lackluster the start of the year, um, you know, just losing a bunch. Especially after be- having, like, a really good start to the competitive year as a whole. Yeah. You know, they were doing really well, actually, much to my disappointment. 
Yeah. But I mean, just like, you know, the World Cup break uh, did wonders for some teams and did horrible for others. Others. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And just, just a slight news. I believe the current head of Atletico Madrid is rumored to be going over to Milan, Inter Milan over the summer. Oh, cool. Which I don't know how I feel about, but, you know, w- when that happens, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Now we got to take a trip down to uh, Deutschland. Did I say yeah. that right? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, here's Dortmund. So Dortmund played two games pretty recently. Uh, they played yesterday in the DFB Pokal against uh, local rivals VfL Bochum. And um, they also played over the weekend against uh, Freiburg. And that Freiburg game was very significant because of how big of a win it was. Uh, Dortmund ended up winning that game 5-1 to one against uh, a fellow title rival which really sent like a big message throughout the entire Bundesliga saying like, hey, Dortmund in the new year 2023 are not a team to be messed with. Giga Chads. Yeah, basically. They have won every single game that they've played in since the turn of the year. And it's been really exciting to watch. If you're a Dortmund fan. Well, I think like... And if you're not playing against them soon. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, But, you know... Uh, in the second half of the Freiburg game, Dortmund were absolutely firing on all cylinders. Uh, Julian Brandt is a man reborn after the World Cup break. His form in the past couple of games has been crazy, absolutely insane. From what I've seen, the clips. Yeah, uh, he scored a banger, a, a true golazo from outside the box hey. against Freiburg. It had some nice swerve on it. Oh, it was great. Um, let's see. Nico Schlotterbeck played against his former club um, and actually scored a goal and also contributed to the goal that Freiburg scored right before the end of the half. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, hopefully he manages to clean up his mistakes because he's been struggling a little bit as of late, uh, even though, you know, the club as a whole has been. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just like specifically Schlotterbeck has been a very good defender. It's just that sometimes he has lapses in ju- uh, in, in yeah. concentration. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, overall, the Freiburg game, fantastic. Hope to see more of the team that played in the second half um, because it was just so much fun to watch. And then on to the Bochum game. That was a really hard-fought game and very scrappy as, you know, you would expect from a game against a local rival, especially in their stadium. Yeah. And as a cup match as well, where, you know, anything can happen, one-off game, single elimination. Um, Bochum were very tough to break down um, and had some real chances going forward through... Um, uh, I can't remember his name, um, but they have this winger, Bochum do... And he's very fast. He's strong, but uh, he's he couldn't finish for the life of him. Gregor Kobo was stopping like everything. Um, but I do want to say Emre Chan scored a fantastic goal in that game. Uh, the Bochum goalkeeper uh, Bauman cleared, and then Emre Chan was able to receive it near the halfway line and basically score from there. 
which was ridiculous. Yeah. And now that's the end of the Dortmund segment. Yeah. So overall, his team is doing pretty good. One of my teams is doing really good. But yeah, this I think this brings us into uh, the Champions League, which resumes next week on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Forget having a Valentine. My Valentine is Ferrari's car reveal and <laughs> the Chelsea Football Club against Dortmund uh, oh, bracket D- game. Dortmund play on the 15th. Do they not play each other? No, they play each other, right? Or it's just not on Valentine's Day. Yeah, they play each other on the 15th. I, I don't know dates, man. Which is because the day after Valentine's Day. I don't have a Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is the 14th. It, it was a little joke. Uh, PSG and Bayern play on Valentine's Day. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Firstly, we're going to get into the track and field derby to begin with. Yep. We have two clubs on opposite trajectories. Currently, Chelsea is kind of in the dumps, heading further down the dumps, unless they can change course with their game against West Ham this weekend mm-hmm. when they face pretty much what I consider, or based on my unbiased sources, is telling me the best team in Germany right now. The most informed team in Germany, yeah. Yeah, Dortmund. So... Honestly, if I have to be non-delusional for a second, I think it's going to be a really tough game for Chelsea. I think currently the club is kind of in a free fall if they if they don't perform if they don't win against West Ham, if they don't have a convincing win, the club's kind of in free fall mm-hmm. mode, which does not look good for the uh matchup against Dortmund. But I think it'll still be fun to watch. Hopefully I can watch it if it doesn't interfere with classes. Yeah. I mean, having these Champions League games kick off at noon is kind of a tough position to be in. Then again, they're not really catering towards Americans. No, they definitely that's aren't. Not their, that's not their viewer base. No, it's not, which is unfortunate yeah. for us, but fortunate for everyone else. Yeah, and we'll still be watching. Yeah. But that that's a match to look forward to, especially mm-hmm. for the rivalry between us two. Yeah. I think I, I mentioned this to you. Right? If I could speak, that would be nice. We, I mentioned this to Alex before we started recording, and I had the idea of whoever the loser is of this game, the they have to sing the praises of the winner. So if Chelsea loses, I have to talk about how good Dortmund were, and if <laughs> Dortmund loses, he has to talk about how good Chelsea was. I mean, which, I probably would have just done that regardless. But th- it's funnier this way. It is funnier this way. I would not have done it regardless. I would have, like said that the win was not a real win yeah yeah surely Any, anyways <laughs> uh beyond that uh, our earlier mentioned psg paris saint germain 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 whatever versus bayern munich this is a loaded matchup we've yeah. never seen this one before no we have not it's Definitely not like it's not. happened in the knockout stages or the group stages of like the past three four seasons of the champions league and probably more historically as well yeah yeah so these these teams have history if you couldn't tell well they they have recent history they have recent history but they've matched up against each other a lot and uh, we get another instillment however things just got a little more interesting yeah uh because there are just major injuries on both sides but more so for PSG. Yes. Because I've seen reports that Lionel Messi might be out of the first leg. Messi's out? Yeah, with, um, I think it was hamstring or quad soreness. Oh, man. And so if he's not feeling comfortable with play, and I believe as well Mbappe will not be playing yeah, in the he, first he leg. Yeah, he had a pretty severe injury, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yep, Mbappe will not be playing, Messi will not be playing in the first leg, so that takes out a lot of attacking talent Which from I mean, PSG. They still have a super team, but... yeah. It, those names, you know, in, in 
the way I describe it, the the current team they have is very strong. Mm-hmm. But whatever team Messi or Mbappe is on is also going to be strong. Yeah. Especially if they're together. Yeah. Or separate. So, you you saw that at the World Cup. You'll see. You've seen it on PSG. If you for some reason watch League One, I don't yeah. know why you would. But yeah, I mean, you can see the effects right now. PSG is currently not doing too hot in League One. They just lost the Le Classique versus uh Marseille. I yeah, they lost to Marseille in the Coupe de France. Yes. And that is because of uh, a man reborn, former Arsenal player Alexis Sanchez. Which we won't, you know, touch on too much because yeah. it's French football. No one really cares. Honestly. Yeah, but I, I do just want to touch on the fact that yeah. Alexis Sanchez is like a man reborn, like I said. <laughs> um, he's just like, he fits so well into the Marseille system. Which is very funny to say, because, I mean, he hasn't been good since he left Arsenal. But now he's back. Yeah. And unfortunately in a bad league. Yeah. On the other side, things aren't too hot for Bayern either, right? Yeah. Some pretty bad injuries over there and drama. Yeah. Manuel Neuer uh, broke his leg during ski during a skiing trip. He's the uh, goalkeeper, yeah? Yeah, he's uh, Bayern Munich's starting goalkeeper. Um, he broke his leg during a skiing trip, and as a result of that, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And then that resulted in Bayern Munich going on and signing Jan Sommer from Borussia Mönchengladbach. And um, it's it's been rough for Bayern since Neuer hasn't played. Yeah, they've uh, they've kind of stumbled with their lead in the Bundesliga. They've uh, had three consecutive draws, right? Well, they just recently beat Wolfsburg over the weekend. Okay. Um, in in a very convincing win as well. Um, but they also they they got a player from Arsenal back, right? Like they had a player on loan. Was it? Was it from Arsenal? They had a star player that they just signed back onto Bayern. From Bayern? Uh, yes, uh, they signed someone. For, I think. Well, I don't know if it was from Arsenal or from. It was from a Premier League club. I think, unless it was the player that you mentioned. Jan Sommer? Was it him? I don't know. No, because Jan Sommer never played in the Premier League. Here, stall for a bit while I look this up. Um, But yeah, there's a bunch of drama going on at Bayern as well between specifically Neuer and the front office. Because um, of, naturally, Bayern Munich are very upset with the fact that, um, that uh, Neuer went on a skiing trip and broke his leg. But... Uh, after that, they also ended up firing their head goalkeeper coach. Um, and Neuer was very upset about that because he's apparently very good friends with the goalkeeping coach. And um, so now there's tension between the two. And uh, it, with the signing of Jan Sommer, who's two years younger than Manuel Neuer is and has like a lot of Bundesliga experience based on the games played, um, and Neuer's contract expiring sometime soon. Uh, it could be like the last season at Bayern Munich for Manuel Neuer, which is kind of a crazy thing to say because he's been there for so long. It just kind of is, he's like one of those players that's synonymous with Bayern Munich. You say Bayern Munich and you think of Thomas Muller, Manuel Neuer, and a handful of other players. And so just for him possibly to be leaving based off, like, you know, his contract expiring and the fact that he has this, like, new tension with the club. It's very strange. 
Yeah, I'm not finding anything, so I think I'm just I think I'm just stupid. Anyways, moving on. We we just want to highlight some other high profile matches, aka just one high profile match. Uh Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Yeah. Which, I mean, okay, based on name power, that's a big match. Yes. Realistically, Real Madrid should win that pretty easily. Yeah. Because uh, Liverpool's kind of like the red Chelsea at the moment, except without nearly as much spending. Yeah. Because FSG just does not like to spend when it comes to Liverpool. Yeah, they're kind of also a club in free fall at the moment. They're not doing too hot this season. It's just, I think it's a little less high profile because they're not spending as much. I could be seriously wrong on this. No, I would say that people are equally um, bashing Chelsea. and Actually, no, they probably are bashing Chelsea a lot more just based off how much they've spent in the winter and summer transfer windows. So, yeah, it... so just based on names, you, people are going to watch that just based on how known the clubs are. Yeah. Yeah. And then one more. I don't even remember who they're playing, but Inter matches up against a Portuguese club. Which oh, you almost had it. Is it not Portuguese club? It is Portuguese. Well, what's, what's the club name? Porto. Because it sounds like Portugal. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. That's the most of me thing I could have done right there, yeah. honestly. But, yeah, FC uh, Porto. That should... Realistically, it should be a pretty easy win for Inter, but honestly, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I, I I just feel like the 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 percentage probability for a choke is unusually high for this match. Well, I, I just have a feeling. I don't know. It's a gut instinct. I mean, maybe they've been performing too high lately. That should give you confidence, though. It, it's gonna make them cocky. And Latoro Martinez, as much as he's the goat of the club, cannot carry alone. Let's see if Lukaku can do anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> he has not been good since he left uh, Inter the first time. He hasn't been good since he was on Chelsea either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, just overall some interesting matches. You know, UCL, as we've mentioned, returns next yeah. week. A lot more car liveries are released next week. I'm going to go into an in-depth view on the new Ferrari car because they released their livery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot to look forward to this next week, and uh, yep. hopefully a lot more news developments. We've hit almost an hour on this episode. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. This is this is our longest by episode. far the longest episode. But we also done. had a lot to talk about. We absolutely had a lot. But yeah, I yeah, thank you so much for watching. One thing that I do want to say before we end this episode: ah. Dortmund are going to win the Bundesliga. Uh, uh, based. Yeah. Based. Yeah, that'll words. happen when Inter beat Napoli for the Scudetto this year. All right, uh, see it's you gonna guys happen. next week. I'm telling Goodbye. you. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah.